Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh. And before I introduce my guest, I just want everyone to know that my book, Devil's Mountain, which is the first book in the Devil Legacy series, is only 99 cents. And as I've mentioned on some of my prior shows, all of my books have been re-released by Kensington. So I really hope that you'll give it a try. Devil's Mountain is the first book in a series about um, a, a family of sexy Irish witches. So please check that out. And all the information about Devil's Mountain is on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. So this evening, I am so pleased to, jo- uh, to have with me Susan Carlisle. Susan is from Georgia. Hey. And she is a multi-published Harlequin Mills and Boons author. And her titles include The Nurse He Shouldn't Notice. So hi, Susan. Welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. How are you this evening? Hey, I'm great. I'm great, and I appreciate being here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm psyched to have you here as well. I, as I mentioned on some of my prior shows, I had to cancel a bunch of interviews because I live up north where it's cold, and, of course, I caught bronchitis. So I'm just so happy I can actually speak and, um, and get back to my shows because I love, love, love Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. So anyway, Susan, maybe you could talk a little bit about your writing journey. How long have you been writing? I've been writing for about eight years, seriously. I started off years ago when I, my children were small um, writing a book, and then life got in the way, and I piddled at it for a while. And then I, uh, about the time the oldest one started college, I decided, you know, if I'm going to do this, I need to get serious about it. So I uh, joined a local critique group and um, and started writing. And it took me a number of years to uh, get somebody interested in my work. But um, and I've been published um, for four years now. So okay, great. And now you, maybe you could talk a little bit about how you found a publisher. Hard work, <laughs> perseverance. I actually I um I I'm writing full time uh romance but um my first book was um a nonfiction book about my youngest son who had a heart transplant when he was uh, just a year old he he will uh, actually this Saturday will turn 25 so um I started seriously working with that but I had always been a romance lover had always read romance, even since I've been in the sixth or seventh grade. And um, I said, you know, I really would like to pursue this. So after I had my nonfiction out, I uh, started pursuing writing um, romance, and uh, I knew one medical story, which was about a little boy who needed a heart transplant, and that got um, Harlequin interested and uh, from there, they asked me for another one. It was a two. My first contract was a two-book contract, and I went, "Oh my word! I don't even know if I know another medical, you know, scenario." But I did, and I uh, wrote a story. Um, I had some friends who were missionaries in Ghana and medical missionaries, and so I kind of spun the story off of them. And my second book took. Um, takes place in Ghana, West Africa, at a missionary hospital. And from there, I've just gone on and on and on. <laughs> I'm getting ready to start my ninth one. So 
I've, and so um, now I've, all of the romances have a medical theme. Is that correct? All of my romances have a medical theme. Now, it, they can be doctors and nurses, or they could be dentists and veterinarians, as long as it has some kind of medical connection. But it doesn't have to be, um, it has to be uh, the two characters working together in some kind of medical situation, which might be as big as putting a Band-Aid on a child. It doesn't have to be um, heart surgery. But, mm-hmm. um, and I my book that came out in December, which is Snowbound with Dr. Delectable, actually takes place on a ski slope and has to do with the um, ski patrol and um, medical situations that they have to deal with on the ski slope. But even with that, un- that's really an underlying part of the book. Um, my books are, are um, the relationship between the uh, hero and the heroine and are always happily ever afters. So those, those are the bigger rules, but it needs to have some kind of medical turn. It, but it doesn't necessarily have to happen in a hospital. It could happen anywhere. Right. Yeah. And so but, now, uh, is, this, is this a particular line in, in Harlequin? It is. It is. And unfortunately, they're not um, well-known in America. You won't see them on the shelf with some of the other lines of Harlequin. Uh, they are big worldwide. I'm in 17 countries, and I arbitrarily just go to the mailbox, and I will get a book or two. Um, and I can't read the title or anything. All I can read is my name on them. And I have to go and Google and find out what the language is. And one of the languages was Icelandic. And um, it had been translated into the Icelandic language. So um, I'm, big every, I'm pr- big everywhere else in the world except for America. And even, but Americans can get mine, you know, in this day of, of the Internet and the World Wide Web and all of that, you can buy them, um, you know, from Amazon and Barnes and Noble and that sort of stuff. So, uh, so you can get them; they're just not on the shelves. Right? Are they available electronically? Yes, yes, they all oh, go okay. to ebook. Yeah, they first they um, the way they package them is um, they come as a two in one, and they go to France and um, the and Germany as a two-in-one, so you automatically get two medical books in it for the price of one. Or, and then the next month they come out as an e-book, and then the next month they come out as a large print paper uh, version. And even that is changing where it's all going to come out at one, um, in one month. But it, that's enough, Harlequin's a little slower about doing that, and it, it's going to take a few more months before they get back together. But um, the nice thing about that for the author is if you're promoting, you have a month, you know, you've got actually three months that you can promote your book instead of uh, just the regular one month for most of the books. So um, I found, actually I have found it a plus that they come out, you know, that way because you can always be promoting for those three months, yeah. So it doesn't go. Now, what I find... Yeah, no, so it's, well, I think one of the benefits of being with Harlequin is that they really have such a distribution network. And so that's, I've interviewed a couple of Harlequin 
authors on my show, and that's what they—that's the plus that they always say that they've got a great network. And to be in those right. many, many countries is, is amazing. Do you get a lot of fan letters from from people from those countries? I, I do. I get I get them on occasion. I haven't been at it as long as some of the other um, authors have, so you know I'm not getting uh, a whole lot of those. But I do get an, an occasional letter that they'll say, "Oh, I read yours," and and um, that sort of thing. And that's really gratifying. Everybody likes to have um, to know that somebody uh, appreciates what you've spent hours and hours uh, and worked really hard to make a good story uh, that somebody has read it and appreciates it. And so it, it's uh, that's encouraging. You know, it makes you. It makes you get up and go do it one more time, you know. <laughs> but uh, but I enjoy hearing from other people from other countries, and and uh, I'm get the one, um, not the one I'm currently working on, but the next one will be a continuity that actually um, takes place in Australia. So I have been to Australia, but there's still a lot of um, fine tuning and stuff that I'm having to ask other medical writers who are Australians, you know, questions about um, their area of the world. So that adds a a new dimension because I work with a bunch of uh, ladies that are um, international authors, and that's uh, that's a lot of fun. It really is. Well, that actually ties into the the question I wanted to ask you, which is, uh you know, it sounds like you had some personal experience with your son with with the medical industry. But you yourself, now, did you ever work in the medical industry? Do you have any kind of medical background? No. I have a political uh, a political science degree from Auburn University, and I have no medical background. I am an excellent, excellent cardiothoracic nurse, but only because I've had to do it, you know, firsthand. But other than that, I don't have any. And I'm one that there's only... Out of all the medical authors for Harlequin, there's only about two or three of us that do not have some form of a medical background, and I'm one of those. Mine is just from having um, been, you know, spent 25 years in a hospital as a mother and seeing what's going on and paying attention. And and but and I, I always tell everybody, I said, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV, but I sure do know a whole lot of them. So right. you know, I have people that you know. If I have questions, I uh, I had a question about um, a heart surgery for um, a book, and I asked uh, my son's uh, heart surgeon or emailed him and asked him a question, and he said, "No, that doesn't happen in my surgery, but you could do this and this and this and this." Well, I couldn't use that for for the book I was currently working on, but I did um, about four or five books later. I did use everything that he had told me in that book. So, um, you know, I get I get the benefits of knowing a lot of them. And uh, and I've asked Nick's nurses um, different questions and stuff like that. So I have a place, a go-to place for my medical background. How about that? Right. And, and they enjoy being asked. Start. Right. But it, it sounds like just having that personal experience gets you, you have the emotion that you can pull from. Do you know what I mean? Like oh. the, the mechanics of it, like you said, you can you can research. You have some contacts in the medical industry, and you can also you know Google, and you can do other things. But I think that that firsthand experience of obviously the the trauma of having your child be sick, 
I'm sure that that has been helpful for you in terms of translating the the emotion into the into your novels. Do you think that's right? Yeah, well, that would bring you into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, yes, and and no. Um, the uh, they like the the children and to a certain extent in the book as far as that, but they don't want the children to carry a whole lot of the weight because the books are about the, the hero and the heroine. And um, I do use the emotion, you know, as, as a parent when, when that becomes a thing. Um, my second book, the one that took place in Ghana, it had a little boy that carried a, a, a large part of the story, and it was about him. And he got hurt, and yes, I could definitely use, you know, the emotional end of that, but, um, you know... Uh, most of the emotion is between the the hero and the heroine, like any romance. So, from that point of view, yeah. But uh, but it helps to um, to to go into the doctor's office and and I'm a detail person and a um, I observe really well. So I you know I put a piece in in one of my books about the doctor walking down the hall. Well, I knew the doctors by the way they walked. Um, and their footsteps, um, who, which one it was going to be that was coming in the door. I had been there so much and just, you know, that it was, uh, I had listened. So those uh, those things kind of worked their way into the book because of what I've heard and, and uh, just seen happen and from observing. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, but now, it, so it's fun. So you, yeah. No, I mean, no, it seems like you have, like, an, a unique experience that you can that you can draw from and and you know it sounds like you've kind of concentrated on this niche now are for your future books are you planning to stay within this niche or are you expanding into other genres i am um yes and no i tell you i really really love working for meals and boone and working for the office in london uh they have been good 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 to me and I, um, I would, uh, you know, sometimes it's not, it's not uh, how, how many, be- uh, how much money you're making. Sometimes it's whether or not, or not you like the people you're working around. And mm-hmm. um, from that aspect, I, I, you know, I just wonder if I'll ever leave them because I love, and I love the other authors, the other medical authors. But I am, I do have some books that. I'm interested that don't fit the medical line that I am uh, that I am shopping at, at other uh, publishers, and um, and in this day and age, I also think you don't need to have all your eggs in one basket. It pays to diversify, <laughs> and we have opportunities as authors to diversify now where we didn't before. And so, um, but I I've. Uh, Got one that I've just finished up and polished up. That's about a hot air balloon race across the United States, and um, where um, the young lady wants to start her own ballooning business. And if she wins the race, she'll have the the funds to start the business. And the uh, the guy that ends up going along, or he forces himself to go, um, uh, or he makes her go take him along because he has some a uh, a material that he needs to test that's um, a secret that he wants to sell to the defense department. So um, that doesn't fit the medical line at all. (laughs) 
So right. it, it, you know, it needs to go to someone else. So, um, so I am working on things like that. And I don't know, you know, we we as authors, we always want to try something new and branch out. You know, I might write a historical one day. I don't know. You know? Right. Well, yeah. that's always the tension, isn't it? Because as a writer, you want to write what interests you and what draws you. But yet, as a published author, you're often told by publishers and agents and the industry as a whole that you're better off building a brand. And if you and so you've now bought, built a brand as a medical writer. And so people might say, well, you know, you should build that audience and and stick with that audience and really, you know, don't confuse your your fans. But I I think, as you said, in this day and age, we have so many different outlets and you don't always want to put your eggs in one basket. And also it's you you know different things interest you. And if you get tired of writing one genre, you, you know, why can't you move to another genre? I know that I've hopped around genres. I, I have a four-book paranormal series, the Devon Legacy series. I also have a women's fiction title. I also have a, a light, fluffy contemporary romance, Gold Coast Wives, about, uh, you know, about a woman who goes on a reality TV show. So it's kind of gone the gamut. But, and, well, and maybe I've hurt myself that way because my books aren't in one single genre, but... I always tell people I spend more time with my characters than anyone else, right, because it takes me a year or two because I, I write in between the rest of my life. I have a full-time job. And so I write what I want to write, you know, and so I think it's great. If, if, if a hot air balloon was in your head, why not follow that, that line of thinking, you know? Why not write what you feel like writing, even though it's not a medical genre? So, I mean, I, I think that's great. Um, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about the heat level in your books. How would you characterize the heat level in your books? Um, warm. <laughs> no, I, I, would, I would probably. I would, yeah, uh, warm to hot. I'm, mine don't don't lend themselves anywhere near erotica, but um, you know, the there are love scenes in in my books, and um, they are. Uh, I would. I, let me just say, my mother doesn't think they're awful. And I, I, I shook in my boots when I knew she was reading the first one. I said, Mom, and I don't know if you want to read this or not, you know. And so um, she did, but um, I am a, I'm not terribly graphic, but I don't close the door either. And, um, and all of my love scenes um, make a change in the characters uh, one way or another. So... It, they're they're there for a reason, not just to be thrown in, so that mm-hmm. they get you know some kind of reaction. But uh, I actually I must be pretty good at writing love scenes because those are um, hands down the least commented on or critiqued by by my critique groups, my critique partners, or my editor. I never get a complaint there. Um, so I don't know what I'm doing. Now, my husband thinks that I'm getting all of my material from him, but I reassure him that I'm not. But <laughs> so has your husband read any of your books? Married. <laughs> no, has your husband no. read any books? No? No, he has not. He hasn't read any of my romance. And um, and he actually he didn't even read the uh, the one about my son. He said, I live that. He said, I that's too... 
that's too hard for me to to read. Right. But I've also written a um, nonfiction World War II book about my great uncle who was a flight surgeon during World War II, and he hasn't read that one only because I told him he had to wait till it came out in book form. So, um, but he has he in the past he has read over and critiqued. Um, you know, a, the first three or four pages or something like that for me. But uh, as a general rule, he doesn't. And uh, and my poor old children, they don't either. I have one daughter and and three sons, and they they don't um, don't read them. But my daughter has a a good friend who reads every word I I uh, write and will read the love scenes to my daughters. And my daughter, I'll just go. Ah! You know, I don't want to know that about my mother, you know. <laughs> I don't well, know. you I know what? Sometimes it's nice to have, yeah, no, sometimes it's nice to have separation, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of feel the same way. Some members of my family read my books, but a lot don't. And, you know, I think also reading is so personal, and maybe what I write is not necessarily to their taste. But I also, it also gives me a certain amount of freedom. I, I also write under a pen name, too, so I, people only know about my writing if I tell them. You know, sometimes you don't want your worlds to collide. So, yeah, I, 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 um, I'm happy enough. My husband is supportive in other ways, and so giving me the time to write. But um, right. I'm, I'm fine with not reading it. You know. Like I said, men, I men don't really read romance. Most men don't, anyway. That's, that's true. And I think my my thing is, is I, I'm not interested in hearing commentary about about everywhere I go. Oh, you write those books, you know, or um, you know, I can't believe you wrote that scene. I'm just not interested in in uh, feeling like I've either got to defend what I do, um, and certainly defend what I love to read because I was a reader first. And in fact, I I determined that I would I I was a reader first, and if I couldn't keep up with the reading as much as I did before. I started writing, then I'd have to give up the writing because I, my it was the love of books that got me into the writing part, and I and I have managed to I continue to read as much as I ever did, but um, the uh, I, I just didn't they I'm not going to force it on them. You know, if they want to read them, that's fine, and if they don't, that's fine also. But I will tell you this: is they're all tickled to death to see their name in the dedication. And so I, they've all had a book at this point dedicated to them, and every one of them has taken their book home under their arm and proudly shown it off as being dedicated to them. So they are, you know, it's just kind of a little twisted idea of being proud, you know. But no, uh, everybody has a different view, yeah, yeah. So I, now, and I, you know, go ahead. Yeah, no, let's talk, because we're running a little short in time, but I wanted to talk about your writing process. You know, you you started, you turned to writing a little later in life, and it sounds like your critique groups are very important to you. Do you still use a critique group, and are you part of any formal organization like RWA? I'm a, I'm a member of RWA, and I'm a member of the Georgia Romance Writers, and I have um, I have a regular Tuesday night critique group that's in my local in my town and it's a group of people that write all kinds of things and um I started with them when I started with my nonfiction and I stayed with them and we meet every Tuesday night. It used to be we met every other um Tuesday and um 
for the last five or six years, we've met every Tuesday night with the exception of Christmas and Fourth of July. I mean, it's amazing how dedicated these people are to coming in and critiquing. And um, I I use them as my front line, my Tuesday night group. Uh, it makes me produce 10 pages, which, you know, anything that will say, hey, i got to get this done, you know, is helpful. And they also, you know, they start off with, I just ask them, do you like these characters? You know, they don't have to like romance at the first chapter, they just have to tell me whether they like these people or this is happening logically or, you know, this hand would actually move to this place on this person's body, you know, sort of thing. But then I have um, a, um, and not only, she's not only just a critiquer, but she's a a dear friend, that she covers the whole gamut of of the book for me and just the, the, um, general overall grammar and commas and this is logical and this works and you might need to add something here or there. And then I have another critique partner who is, um, she's really into alpha males and really into what Harlequin is producing as far as books in their lines and that sort of stuff. So she's a lot more specific as far as that is concerned. So everybody, all of my critique people have a, bring a different thing to the table for me, and uh, which I hope I do in the reverse for them. But um, that's that's how, I, that's, with a lack of better word, use them. Um, but um, it I couldn't do it without them. I still depend on them to this day. And um, and I wouldn't dare send something to my editor, somebody else hadn't looked through, at, um, you know, at least once or twice. Because no matter how many times I read it, I'm not just reading it. I'm seeing it in my head. You know, you pass over things that that others catch and right. um, and gap. You know, and that sort of stuff. Well, so great. I really, I <laughs> sometimes I abuse them. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, it sounds like you know you've been writing for a while, but it's only been a short period of time since you've been published. So. Sounds like you've been able to really work on your writing, and, and you've experienced, you know, a certain amount of success. Certainly, being published with Harlequin, Mills, and Boone is is quite an accomplishment. So, you know, it sounds, and it also sounds like you're branching out, which is which is very exciting. So, I want to thank you, Susan, so much for for joining me here this evening. Maybe you can tell everyone where they can find you online. You can find me at susancarlisle.com. And you can also find me on Twitter at Susan Carlisle One, like the numeral one. And I'm also on Facebook at Susan Carlisle. And I'd love to hear from anybody. Uh, and if they ever have any questions or just want to check things out, I'd love to have them visit my website and, or just give me a holler. Okay. And I appreciate you having me. Yes, well, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, so thanks so much for joining me. Just wanted to remind everyone about some of my upcoming interviews. I have Shayla Black next week on April 9th, and then I am interviewing the fabulous Jeannie Moon, a fellow Long Islander, on April 30th. She is the exciting new author of The Temporary Wife, so and, and that's a wonderful book, so please check that out. And she's going to be with me again on April 30th. And I am so excited to 
announced that I will be interviewing Kristen Higgins, who is also a Harlequin author. She's a New York Times bestseller, and I will be interviewing her on June 4th. And all of the information about my upcoming shows is either on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com, or on the Blog Talk Radio site. So thanks, everyone, for joining me. This is Bernadette Walsh of Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>